Welcome to the Calvary Podcast, Lenten Preaching Edition, the ministry of Calvary Episcopal Church, recorded live in Memphis. The Calvary Podcast is weekly sermons, but also conversations, reflections, and provocations about the mystery of God and what it means to be human in the world in need of repair. Hey, y'all. I am very grateful for friendship and fellowship. I'm grateful to be here among this beautiful community, so many faces that are smiling back at me. I'm also honored to be here for this 100th celebration among these prestigious, engaging messengers and seekers of truth and justice and equity, faith and hope and love in all of the traditions and expressions where we meet the divine. My dear friend, the Reverend Dr. Emmanuel, David Emmanuel Goatley, once said to me in the dawn of ministry, Roz, people don't have to call your name. And if they call your name, they don't have to say nice things about you. So if they call your name and they say nice things, good home training says, say thank you. (laughs) Reverend Scott, my friend, and this Calvary community, thank you. I also want to thank those who have pressed through what was torrential rain this morning to bring me the gift of your presence. My Aunt Barbara, my family of folks are here, my beloved family at MIFA, my Micah, Megan running for office, who have allowed me to do this work in collaboration with you, humbly with you. Your presence, both here and for those who may be like Caprice Virtual, is both affirming and a little intimidating. I have been asked more times this week, are you ready? No pressure. Let us bow our heads as we ask God, who is always ready to receive us, to bless us in this moment. Loving God, creator, liberator, and redeemer of us all, it is my simple ask in this moment, as the psalmist before me prayed, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. O Lord, you are our strength, our redeemer, and in the name of the one who gives life and life to come, I pray, amen. My friend Patty and I used to sing the Tremaine Hawkins song, The Potter's House. Some of you may remember this song. In case you have fallen by the wayside of life, dreams and visions shattered, you're all broken inside. You don't have to stay in the state that you're in. The potter wants to put you back together again. Sound familiar? In case your situation has turned upside down and all that you've accomplished is now on the ground, you don't have to stay in the space that you're in. The potter wants to put you back together again. Then there's this sweet spot. You who are broken, stop by the potter's house. You who need mending, stop by the potter's house. He'll mend the fragments of your broken... Oh my goodness gracious, I love that song. It speaks to so much of life. It is indeed for me the essence of this particular season, a season 
from which we have wilderness questions and test of the hope and promise of life and life to come. The words of Tremaine bless me, but I also love the passage that inspired Tremaine to write. The verses are built upon the passage of the words of the prophet Jeremiah. You've heard them, a young man who grappled with his own questions, with feelings of inadequacy and uncertainty. In his own spiritual wilderness, he too felt the weight of his assignment. He felt the pressure to live up to the great, big work God had called him to at a very young age and the heartache and disappointment when people did not want to hear what he had to say. Ouch. Amen. He knew what rejection felt like. He was clothed in the passion and commitment to what he believed in and what he believed he was called and created to do and be. Jeremiah's feelings are human feelings. For instance, the young father who held his newborn son and felt the weight of the responsibility of the life he held, he said, I didn't think I could do it. I was afraid I would fail. The young mother out of her own knew out by herself what she had to do and was committed to doing it, but she still was afraid. No matter how brave she looked on the outside, she wrestled daily with feelings of inadequacy. But you don't have to be young to have Jeremiah's feelings. The couple had been married for 40 plus years and they were a team in all things. And so when her husband took ill, he had been strong. He had been the one that held them together. She had not prepared herself to be the life caretaker. The couple together for two years married for less than a year when her beloved died. And now she, a young woman under 40, was a widow. Sometimes y'all life will change on you in an unexpected way. From those times when life goes off from better to worse, those moments when the pendulum of life swings, in ways counter to what you expected. Tremaine sang about those changes and what she sang about came from young Jeremiah's life and experience. So I went down to the potter's house, he said, and there he was working with his wheel and the vessel that he was making of clay was spoiled in the potter's hands and he reworked it into another vessel as seemed good to him. These are good words. These words, these are the words that inspired Tremaine. What I love about Tremaine's interpretation of the passage is that she invites us to stop by the potter's house. She invites us to recognize our own brokenness. That, to me, speaks of what the Lenten season is about. And yes, indeed, this song has blessed those who have known or who know what it feels like to fall by the wayside of life to have dreams and visions shout, my goodness gracious. I know today and even now, for those who are with us in present or who are virtual, that there have been moments in all of our lives, if not just this past season, when life turned upside down. All that we've accomplished feels like it's on the ground. It doesn't matter if you're living in the mansion or under the breezeway, you can feel Tremaine. Even if you're doing well, you can feel Tremaine. And Tremaine saying, stop by the potter's house. The hope of it, the praise of it, a shout goes right there. I believe, I love the song, but I also love this passage. It may seem inconsequential, but there's a little something I want you all to pay attention to in this passage. This is something Jeremiah offers. I believe Jeremiah's words will bless in a way that Tremaine's words 
mm. may even have been inspired by. I want someone to walk with me and acknowledge that maybe, just maybe, you have been broken and you haven't been able to make your way by the potter's house. You believe the potter wants to put you back together again, but you haven't been able to make your way there. Like the dripping faucet that you know needs repair, but you just keep putting it off. Like the job you know you need to leave, but you've been there 10 or 20 years and now you don't think you can go. Tremaine says stop by, but you haven't been able to stop by. Like Curtis Mayfield, you just keep on pushing. Because you didn't know how to bring yourself to the potter's house. Tremaine sang pretty and she blessed every soul. But there's still good news in the word of God. If you will even look a little closer, there's something else that might help somebody. When you read the word for yourself, you will find a little nuance. Jeremiah says, I went down to the potter's house and the vessel that he was making of clay was, do you see it? Let me help you see it. Wipe the distraction from your eyes. Cleanse your spiritual glasses. Read it again. I went to the potter's house and there he was working at his wheel, working a vessel he was making of clay, was spoiled in it. Do you see it? If you don't, I understand. It's easy to miss it because sometimes some of us like me have Tremaine in your ear. Jeremiah says he went down to the potter's house. It's subtle so I can see. He says right there, he says Jeremiah went down to the potter's house, but the vessel the potter was making of clay was was spoiled. Jeremiah the prophet went to the potter's house, but the potter was already working. The vessel the potter was making of clay spoiled in his, the vessel did not hear me. The vessel did not have to bring itself to the potter because the potter already had her hands on the clay. The potter was already shaping the clay and then the vessel was spoiled. The vessel did not turn out the way the potter had first envisioned it. Lord Jesus, it was not the vessel that went to the potter. It was the potter who did not let the vessel go. Again, a shout should go right there. What I do know is that the potter did not cast the vessel aside. The potter did not get rid of the vessel. The potter worked and reworked Jeremiah, young Jeremiah. That's why we need to listen to some young folks because they can help us see things that we have not seen because we've looked at it so long one way, we don't realize there's another way to consider it. That's extra, pay attention. The vessel never left the potter's hands. The potter never took her hands off the vessel. The vessel was shaped by the potter and when in the hands of the potter it spoiled, stop. What I love is that spoiled in the word of God only serves to say the vessel was not what God intended. Let me be clear. Jeremiah did not suggest that the vessel had done anything wrong, that the clay was defective, that the spoil was the responsibility of the vessel. No, it was the responsibility of the potter who held the clay. It did not turn out as the potter intended because the plan, the purpose, the intention was for a good outcome for the vessel. It wasn't the clay's responsibility to fix itself. In fact, the clay only needed to do one thing. Stay in the hands of the potter. The role of the vessel was to stay right there. The role of the vessel was to trust the hands of the potter. The role of the vessel was to believe that the potter had a plan for the vessel. The vessel was in being reworked, not for itself, but for God. Why? Because the one who held the clay said, I got a plan for you. 
I have a plan, says the Lord, for your welfare and not for your harm, to give you a future and a future with, come on somebody, I need somebody to shout and understand today that whatever is going on in your life may be reworked, but even in the reworking, it's not because of failure, it's because God has something better planned for you. I need someone to hear Jeremiah tell you that your dreams and visions look shattered, even feel broken, but you don't have to make your way to the potter because the potter hasn't taken their hands off of you. In this season, in this world that we have been through what looks like a brokenness that cannot be put back together. I want us to hear today in this space that the potter still is putting us back together. Again, one example, and then I really am done. In the 10th year of Freedom's Chapel journey, we were in a building that was once a backyard burger administrative offices. It was nothing sacred or holy about it, anything. We had windows that needed something. And, and so what happened just before we were having our anniversary, while we were preparing, Mark Stansberry, not a member of Freedom's Chapel, but a friend of Freedom's Chapel, everybody needs friends. He also had a friend, then the president at the University of Memphis, Dr. Shirley Raines, and her beloved husband, Dr. Bob Kennedy. Dr. Kennedy, anybody knows, was a pilot, and God had saved him during one near-fatal flight when the vessel, the potter, was working. Dr. Kennedy had made a promise to the Lord that he would use his gifts, that as the Lord reworked his future, that it became plain that what he would do was make stained glass for small churches that would never be able to afford these beautiful ones on their own. And so Mark was tasked with helping Dr. Kennedy find those churches, and he brought him to Freedom's Chapel just at the nick of time. And it was not something that I had any control over. It was how the Lord was working it out. And here's why I connect that with this. In order to make stained glass, you got to break some glass. You have to break it and rework it. You have to make what was and turn it into something even more beautiful. The stained glass maker, like the potter, sees what will be, not the glass. The stained glass maker, like the potter, knows that it is in the broken pieces that you can turn them into something beautifully unique, one-of-a-kind works of art that can and will bless others over and over in the days and years to come. I need somebody here today. You may feel like you're just shattered glass, but you may know someone, but I want you to hear on this day, in this season, the Lord is reworking us, reworking us for that which is greater. Come through. Somebody needs to know. You who are broken, you don't have to stop by because the potter is already working things out for your good. Not to worry, the potter will work you into an even better vessel. For I know the plans I have for you. Let the Lord rework you. Remember, you are right where you are supposed to be. Don't despair. You are still in the potter's house and you are still in the potter's hands. Remind yourself, for we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works when God prepared beforehand that we should walk in the good. Therefore, I am confident of this, that the one who has begun a good work in you will bring it into completion in that day. The potter still sees value in you. The potter still sees possibilities. Oh my goodness gracious, I am being, we are being, you are being made more of who God called and created us to be. If you have fallen by the wayside of life, dreams and visions shattered, you're all broken inside. You don't have to stay in the shape that you're in. 
the potter will put you back together again. Amen. Dialogue is a podcast of Calvary's Lenten preaching series, a 100-year-old tradition that invites wise and inspiring speakers into our pulpit during the season of Lent. Dialogue is produced by Noah Glenn of Perpetual Motion. Our theme music was composed by Spence Bailey. Special thanks to Robin Banks, Director of Communications at Calvary, and Heidi Rupke, Lenten Preaching Series Coordinator. And thanks to you for listening. If you're curious about the home of dialogue in the Lenten Preaching Series, Calvary Episcopal Church is an eclectic bunch of Christian people. We don't all think the same thoughts or dress the same way or vote for the same candidates or even believe all the same things about the mystery of God and what it means to be human. But we do believe that we need each other because of our differences, not in spite of them, and that God calls us into a beloved community marked by unity, not uniformity. Subscribe to Dialogue at calvarymemphis.org slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. Visit Calvary in person at the corner of 2nd and Adams in the heart of downtown Memphis, Tennessee.